Welcome to episode 8 of Blood, Sweat, and Teal. I'm C. I'm Kyle. And the sharks are kind of good, actually. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! Okay, the sharks actually won, but they're, they're, they seemed good. Yeah. Yeah, they had a good week. Uh, if you follow uh, Michael Blake McCurdy at all on Twitter, he updated his prediction model. He does it every two weeks or so. And the sharks are... Uh, projected right now, top of the Pacific, so not too shabby. With a, with a blistering 93.5 right, points. Yeah, no, <laughs> not, Be careful. Not great, but... but hey, they, the playoffs <laughs> is the playoffs, so whatever. If, if they play the way they played for the last two weeks, they could win the division. <laughs> this is true. So, you can go check that out if you're into computer boys. If you're like the Florida Panthers organization, then I would steer clear. Uh, <laughs> Yes, Michael. Because it's a lot of graphs. Michael's handle is at Ineffective Math. He's really, really great. I promise he didn't tell us to plug him at all. He's just, uh, we're buds. He's a cool dude. And he, yeah, he does really good work. He, um, if you read one of my game previews this week, it was actually the Philadelphia game. Um, I linked to some work he did on uh, teams that play rested teams versus, you know, playing um, tired teams. It's all very interesting. He's very good. So, the, yeah. the best way to use the best way to use his charts is if somebody's getting all uppity with their arguments, like say like, oh, the schedule is screwing us. You can just be like, nope, shut up. <laughs> Boom stats. <laughs> yeah, because they're like all there. Like he's also if you've ever seen like the heat maps with like where the shots are and like what like how far away from the net. That's like also him, and they're they're pretty cool to see. And he's an argument ender. You just kind of like be like, no, you're wrong, and pull that up and be like, see, I told you. Yeah, he fully supports the use of his charts for dunking on people, so yeah. Do you think it. Dale Talon or Dave Talon or whoever runs the Florida organization has ever been to his site? Because he famously said when he took over last year that the computer boys are wrong or whatever, <laughs> and now the Panthers are second last. Yeah, uh, doubtful. <laughs> Do you think Brian Burke has ever fired up a laptop before? Oh, God. Because, like, I assume he would just, like, he would hear, like, this guy has a graph, and then, like, shut down and go, like, into, like, catatonic state. I think the just be like, no, where is his truculence? I think the last time he tried to, uh, it was like a dial-up modem, and he just got <laughs> so like bored waiting for it that he just gave up entirely. <laughs> <And> he, <laughs> he gets on after <laughs> he gets on he gets he gets logged in after twenty minutes. and goes, wait, this doesn't measure sandpaper, and turns it off. <laughs> yeah, where is uh, the sandpaper quotient? Decent transition into our recap for the week because Arizona has embraced analytics. And yeah, I feel bad for that guy. I feel bad for John Chaka. He seems like he seems like he has a plan, a vision. He's kind of trying to bring a very new school approach, but it's not working. Yeah. To be fair, nothing has worked in Arizona since 2010 or whenever they went to the final, the conference finals, 2012. Right. So like, I think they should run it out and see what he can do there. Um, there's some pieces that I like, like. The Sharks are fortunate because Jacob Chitrin is still hurt. He's actually back now, but he was hurt for the Sharks game, is and he he's back a good now? piece. And because he was, yeah, he's in. He's in. Yeah, he's in Tucson on okay. conditioning, but uh, on my fantasy team because I have him as a <laughs> dynasty league. Uh, I had to take him out of my minor system because he or my IR because he's no longer hurt. So he's conditioning. He'll be back. They have some other like young pieces that uh, Clayton Keller is obviously a boss. Oliver Ekman Larson's still good. Um, I'm out on the Strom children. I think they're just all shitty. Yeah. But I mean, you could in theory say he's going to get better. Um, so he and he's done smart things. Like he bought Lawson Kraus real cheap 
from Florida. Um, he, he's added some pieces Demers. in there, but uh, Demers, yeah. So he's brought in some stuff. He took a gamble on Anti Ranta. I mean, it's better than gambling on Louis Domingue. So, right. I mean, he's he's trying. I think I think it's a more. I think the problem is that Arizona's been bad for a while, and they're still in the basement, and there's a less patience. But I'd like to see him get a couple more years to see how it turns out. But right now, LOL Arizona, we kicked your ass. Yeah, uh, it's like the thing about Arizona is that, you know, they're a team that is constantly making the right moves. You know, they're moving in the right direction, they're picking up the right pieces, and somehow it's still not coming together. And, uh, you know, you have to wonder how much of that does come down to to management and to ownership. Um, you know, all the way through the front office, there are issues with that organization. You mean like being owned by the NHL? Yeah. <laughs> Or how about being in Glendale? Yeah, there's just so much that is, uh, that, you know. Do you think that team would be instantly better if they moved to, like, Seattle or Quebec? I don't know that they would be instantly better, but, you know, those kind of things do have an effect on a team. I mean, look at... Look at uh, the Oilers last year, um, the Red Wings this year, like, the new arena effect. That's that's real. Like, because it's not like Edmonton has drastically changed their roster since last year. Well, they made it worse. Well, yeah, I mean, they did. They, they, but it's still not hugely drastic changes, you know? Like, and, and yet, they are, they went from being, you know... Did they win the Western Conference last year? Or not the Western Conference. No, the they lost in the second round no, to the, the Ducks. No, the Pacific Division uh, regular season is what I was thinking of. Right? They, no, because they played San Jose in round one. The Ducks so won they were, the they division. They were two, though, right? Yeah. San Jose was, so they were close. You know, like, they went from that to the, they've been scraping the bottom all season so far. You know, so... <laughs> Yes, they have, and it is awesome. <laughs> it's what they deserve. Hmm. But you know, <laughs> we have Connor McDavid. How can we screw this up? Watch me. <laughs> but the new the Peter Torelli model. Effect, uh, I would be interested to see if uh, any of the stats boys have actually done anything on that because I do think the new arena effect is real. Uh, yeah, I, know, I can so, see that. I, I can definitely so see if, that. And if the Coyotes moved, sure, I think that they would be better than they are right now. Just whether that's some kind of intangible thing that would make them more motivated or whatever. But um, I think, too, also just having a, a fan base that, is, you know, <laughs> if they move to, to Seattle or Quebec, that is going to be a real kind of hockey town. Yeah, for sure. And you got to remember, if somebody buys them and moves them there, they're going to gut everything and be like, okay, we're going to build it up. Just right. like they did with, um, with Atlanta. They gutted it, kept the key pieces they wanted and rebuilt, and now they're good. Right. And, like, I'm all for traditional, or non-traditional markets, sorry. I'm all for non-traditional markets. Like, I, I'm a, I'm a Sharks fan. Like, obviously. Ironically, I, I am not. Hockey can <laughs> succeed in the desert. But I just think that that, I mean, being in Glendale, like, it's not the best place for a hockey team, ultimately. No, it seems poor. It has seemed poor since day one. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's, it's just hard. They're, they're one of those teams that you you every year you want them to, to succeed because they're making the right moves and doing the right things, and it never seems to come together in the end. So, For the record, I don't want them to succeed because I don't want any teams to succeed besides <laughs> San Jose. I am very much like, yeah, every team can go to hell except for San Jose. That, that's my motto in life, but I understand the sentiment like, hey, maybe they should try being an organization and not an NHL team for once. Right, well, That would know, be kind. 
I, I like a good narrative. So, you know, like, like last year, I didn't just, like, push for Nashville because I, like, very deeply hate the Penguins. Like, that's a good narrative. That team winning the Cup would have been such a good story. And so I think wanting Arizona to do well for a lot of people, it's just like, you know, the kind of underdog fighting back and becoming, you know, the hero kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It's a that's, good, all, that's all you? It'd be uh, a good story. I, that's all you? <laughs> uh, pretty much when San Jose gets bounced from the playoffs, I go into a depressive coma and don't really pay attention. And then we'll, like turn back in for the finals because I'm Canadian and it's like in the constitution that I have to pay attention. <laughs> it's like mandated. So, so we beat Arizona. We <laughs> I mean, it's not really shocking. Like, I don't know what, the, I don't know what, I, if you're coming here for uh, mind blowing analysis of sharks beating Arizona, I am, I apologize. Um, Joe Thornton scored, uh, Logan Couture scored, Joel Ward scored on an empty net because what else is new? Right. <laughs> The thing is, people were like, oh, but Arizona's coming off a hot streak. You know, like, oh, you know, whatever. And I was like, listen, they haven't won a division game. Uh, I think they'd only won one conference game. And, or maybe they hadn't won a conference game at that point. I'm not 100%. It's one of those. And they hadn't won a game at home, or they'd only won one game at home. It's, I no, because they, they won all three of their games on the road. Toronto, yeah. Montreal, and Ottawa. Yeah, so like... I was not worried. <laughs> like every no. other factor lined up to to say that the Sharks would win that one. So, but this this was the start of the of the. I believe this was the start of Dylan Demello getting in the lineup, or did he start the game before that too? Oh, that I don't know off the top of my no, head. No, he couldn't have because we podcast in between that. But Dylan Demello was definitely in the lineup for this game, um, and Tim Heed came out, which is less than ideal. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I full apologies to Dylan DeMello, but you you you've been passed over. You you had your shot. It was four or five seconds, but now it's a uh, Tim Heed, Yoakum Ryan era, and I'm really upset that he's in the lineup. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's uh, kind of work that into uh, our covering these last couple games because the defenses obviously look different and. How I mean, he's played in every game. <laughs> he's played in every game, and DeBoer has scratched either Ryan or Heed. Uh, depending on, I guess, how the blue that day. Yeah, and they, um, he's mixed up, you know, the pairings a little bit too. Because uh, in Philadelphia, it was uh, the Brent Burns, Brendan Dillon top. Yeah, which pair. has surprisingly <laughs> been good because I uh, I rag on Brendan Dillon a lot, but Dylan Burns by Dylan Burns has been really good by all stats, measurable yeah. stats, fancy, regular, ordinary, right. extra fancy. They're all. It seems to be a good pairing, so I kind of like that because that also frees up. Heat and Ryan to play together, which I think is fun, but they haven't because Dylan DeMello is up there taking space. Yeah. I just feel like even though, you know, we won these games, and that's the thing, that's that's what they're, the front office is going to look at is, well, we won these games with this defense, so we're going to keep going because that's literally the only thing they care about, and then they're going to pull them once they, they stop being productive because that's the same thing they did with Kevin LeBanc. And, um... Yeah, and Pete DeBoer is a creature <laughs> of, like, if the lineup wins, he generally sticks with it. Yep. So... But watching it, I feel like our defense wasn't as good. I mean, it just, it's hard because our defense was the best thing about this team. So any little mistake in these four games felt huge just because we haven't been, we haven't had to deal with that since yeah, Martin's been for out. for sure. And 
the one thing that's in my mind and has been brought up a lot um, in uh, on places like Twitter, and that's pretty much the only place I look, um, <laughs> is that maybe he's being showcased for a trade. True. Which would be cool. Like I, I'm super for if you want to showcase some dudes for trades. It's kind of crappy that it's coming at the expense of Heat and Ryan. Right. Uh, just because we we know Pete DeBoer's mentality with young guys and if. Like, Joachim Ryan hasn't scored, so maybe that's factoring in. But um, if they're looking to show, like, hey, Dylan DeMello is competent, he's definitely looked competent. He hasn't been the greatest. I don't think he's that good now that we were seeing him for a longer stretch. But if they're just getting him out there to showcase him in a, for a trade in the next, like, week or so, sure, fine, cool, I'm for it. Uh, let's get on with it. But at the same time, we don't know that that's a thing, right? Like, we, that's just a guess. Right, and I hate to kind of... to put it this way, like, because you, you obviously don't know what the front office is doing, and it, it's not fully indicative, because in the past situations like this have happened, but it does seem like they're they're putting DeMello out into the community still, and into their marketing and stuff, and I feel like when they're doing that with a player, that's not someone that they are really having on the chopping block. I know that in the past that's not been the case. Um, Jason Demers obviously was in our, our Christmas video. Holy sweater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then just was gone. <laughs> he was special guest That's Brendan Dillon's greatest stars. moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had to, to change that because of a trade. But I, I do think for the most part, you know, when they have him out with the Sharks Foundation and stuff fairly recently, that the, the trade thing isn't necessarily... It doesn't have a lot of weight right now, I don't think. To, to counterpoint that for, like, a different point of view, those those dates and stuff are scheduled way in advance. That's fair. So they can to have him going player, out there. Though. Yeah, but a lot of times, like, there's, like, promotional stuff and, like, Dylan DeMello is going to be at the community center. Come see Dylan DeMello. So it's, like, it's one of those things. Plus, I don't think Doug Wilson really has a hand in that. So I don't think right. like, Doug Wilson is trying to showcase him for trade or wants to trade him or whatever. I don't think... He's keeping his pulse on that part of the Sharks engine, I, I think. So, like, yeah, maybe they're not going to trade him, but at the same time, I don't think. I would guess that Doug Wilson doesn't, but who knows, right? Like, we're just guessing at this point, yeah. and we're both guessing that we want Ryan and Heat back in the yeah, lineup, yeah, so who knows? That's, that's really it. We're just coming up with theories for why Ryan and Heat aren't in the lineup. So, so yeah, I do. I feel like the defense has not been Well, the power play has suffered, too. Oh, God. Yeah, that's true. Because Tim he, taking Tim Heat off the power play has noticeably yeah. Yeah, yeah, detracted yeah. from it. And right. I believe he, as soon as Tim Heat got back in the lineup, uh, was it the Vegas game? Las Vegas game? Uh, he scored right away. I could be completely wrong. He did not score uh, in that game. Winnipeg, we did not we're doing prepare. our research on the fly. <laughs> yeah, so he scored in the Winnipeg game. He scored the first goal on the power play from LeBanc and Thornton. What a weird line. Um but yeah, so he, he immediately gets back in the game against Winnipeg and immediately scores on the power play. Right. Well, I that's think the other thing, having... too, is that Pete, <laughs> Pete DeBoer is going to look at that and be like, oh, well, they sat him for a couple games and his confidence came back because he wanted to prove himself or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the Pete DeBoer line of thinking is always what I did. But he scratched right. him the next game. <laughs> that's fine. But he scratched him the next game. So he, he he'd played against Winnipeg, but then he didn't play against Philly. So, like, WTF, Petey? I don't know. I don't pretend to understand what Pete DeBoer is doing because he's he's one of those coaches that I feel like just um, like he makes a decision and then whatever happens he spins it to fit like oh yes oh, yeah, yeah right. for sure <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah uh, Pete, Pete, De- 
Pete DeBoer is the classic, that was my plan all along kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, so anytime I try to understand what Pete DeBoer is doing, I'm like, it doesn't matter. Because whatever happens next, he's still going to be like, oh, whoa. I played it this way, you know. Yeah, and in his defense, the Philly game, San Jose looked really, really good. Yeah, oh, yes. that is. I think even though Winnipeg was the, the shutout, I think that Philly's the best they've looked in a while. And that could also be because the Flyers are such garbage right now. <laughs> they are so... Yeah, they lost eight in a row coming into the game, so that was their ninth loss in a row. Yeah, they're real, That's, uh, real bad. Poor. Like, uh, Yeah, so there's that. But at the same time, Arizona is also very bad. And I don't think we looked as good against Arizona as we did against Philly. So, you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, San Jose was coming off three losses in a row heading into Arizona, so maybe there was just like that lag of getting back into it. Yeah, the kind of frustration um, and all that. Yeah. Because in the game we skipped over against Las Vegas, they looked like caca. Yeah. So... They did not deserve a point in that game. No. Um, to be fair, they should have won because they scored with, like, no time. Well, not no time, but, like, limited time left in regulation where they got waved off for magic reasons because who knows. <laughs> but they should have won that game. They had no business. They even didn't even have business getting a point, so whatever. Um, I'm just more upset that Las Vegas continues to be a thing and everybody who is over the age of 40 is like, Oh, look it. Oh, computer boys, you're wrong. You're so stupid. <laughs> not that I'm a computer boy, but like it's frustrating because that team is not. That team was built poorly. They had a million defensemen. They ran a good center and Shipyachov back to the KHL. It shouldn't be working. They, yeah. they they don't have a goalie. They have Maxim Lagos. I'm as good as Maxim Lagos. Like he's not a thing. There's no way he should be winning like six, seven, eight games already. That is poor. How do you really feel? Oh, I just I can't stand that Las Vegas A has a <laughs> hockey team. It blows my mind. And B, that they're getting shoehorned into every conversation like, oh, Las Vegas would be real. And, oh, Las Vegas eyeing the cup. It's like, no, get out of here. <laughs> Las Vegas got a really good start. Marc-Andre Fleury played out of his mind. And then they've continued to have random goalie success. Like, Oscar Dansk, like, the safety Dansk isn't that good. But he stood on hey. his head a couple times. So, like, oh, it's just frustrating. Oscar Dansk in this house. To be fair, I do like some Oscar Dansk. He... Uh, that's fine. But, like. He was a king. Malcolm Subban's a... That's my Was dude. he really? Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah where is he from? Is he Danish? I have no idea. Or am don't, I just making that up? I think I know facts. <laughs> I make things up I mean, on the cool. fly. But no, he really did play for the K-Wings. Well, good for him. I hate the rest yeah. of them. So the Winnipeg game was a, a shutout. They looked pretty good. Uh, like, like I said, I think they looked better against Philly. I don't know what that was. But I also think this season... We're seeing the road ice advantage come back. We've already seen it on Twitter and stuff, but they—I uh, I do think that they're—they're going to be better on the road this year. They're going to be hot garbage in front of the home crowd because it's the Sharks. So it was surprising and like a good surprising to see them play well against Winnipeg. That was a game where Martin Jones got injured. No. <laughs> then the next night, Troy Grossnick got injured. So we have, like, zero goalies in our system. It, we're, like, two weeks out from seeing, like, Parker Gahagan, <laughs> like, start. Parker Gahagan. No, Parker Gahagan can't play. Because if, if he plays in the NHL, then he can't go to the Olympics. And no, he's on... If, no, 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 no. That's only if he's under an NHL contract. You can sign a player to an ATO in the NHL. 
because oh the, like the emergency the, the emergency whatever mm -hmm. the hurricanes did it last year with their um equipment manager he was their backup goalie so yeah, yeah, yeah. he just wouldn't get paid for playing that game like that's that's the whole reason he's on an ato um an amateur tryout is because he can't collect a paycheck from the the sharks organization and the u.s military so as long as he's signed to an amateur tryout agreement where he does not get paid he can play in the nhl and that's not an nhl contract so we could totally see him play for the sharks and you know if sharks goalies keep going down then uh who knows? Well, who's who's next after Dallas Bebo? Yeah. Who? Fun fact: I saw a lot of living in Toronto, so Antoine Bebo is not that good. I, um, I just laugh every time they say Bebo on the broadcast. <laughs> like it sounds like a freaking Teletubby. <laughs> Bebo. Bebo. <laughs> <laughs> he's super French. His name is Antoine Bebo. Um, that just made so it like sound he more he's like, like super duper French. <laughs> Yeah, like Tanky Winky Dipsy Bebo. Exactly. Um, he just uses like comes out on the ice with like Tommy Vision. And it's like, look at me. Um after after <laughs> Um After Bebo, I have no idea who is in the city. Is it actually Parker Gahagan is now the AHL guy? Yeah, I would imagine um the next in line would be Stefan Williams who got signed. Who? Stefan Williams. He got signed okay. by the Barracuda and then got sent down to the Allen Americans. So he is down there. And I, after that, I don't know. I don't know the Americans roster very well this year. So I could not tell you for sure. But if it comes to that, we have bigger problems. Yeah, that's true. But I do, I trust the Allen Americans system because they gave us Aaron Dell. So it's the easy, it's the ECHL. It's, it's like, one in every 4,000 players is going to be okay. No, 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 no. Actually, because I am the the resident ECHL expert here, um, generally goalies tend to to be in the ECHL and be a higher caliber player than the the skaters on the ice. Martin Jones played a game in the ECHL. Um, Aaron Dell obviously played for the Allen Americans. There's a lot of starting and backup NHL goaltenders right now who have played in the, uh, the ECHL last year. There were four players total who played in the ECHL and the NHL in the same season. All four of them were goaltenders. What? Yeah. <laughs> All four of them were goaltenders. So goalies, like, playing in the ECHL isn't really a status sign of how good of a player you are the same way that it is for skaters. Just because so many teams have... A, a overload of goalies in their system. I mean, it just it just happens. Actually, a couple weeks ago, the my my team, the Kalamazoo Wings, they played against. Um, oh my gosh, the Adirondack Thunder, and their <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, I hate that name. It's a mouthful for me every time. Um, the Adirondack Thunder, though, their goalie was Connor Ingram. He had just gotten sent down from the Syracuse Crunch, um, the Tampa Bay affiliate. Because they were like, hey, you've been backing up, but you haven't really gotten any ice time, so we're just going to send you down to the ECHL to get some playing time and get you on the ice for a little bit. And he, like, he was amazing. He he killed us. Like, he just absolutely destroyed the K-Wings. So, it's, it, it just, it's not indicative of talent. It's more just, hey, there are literally only two goalie jobs available. <laughs> so, at, at any given... Uh, team, so you know you just gotta throw them where you can. Sometimes, 
So, yeah, I would trust uh, one of the ECHL guys to come up and start in the AHL. I don't know about backing up at the NHL quite yet, but that's more just because I don't know those goalies specifically. Yeah. Yeah. ECHL. <laughs> I'm sorry, Go I know hockey. way too much about that, but that's my... There is a team called the Wheeling Nailers. That's your fun ECHL fact. Yeah, they are the um, Penguins affiliate, and I hate them. <laughs> uh, sure, I have no idea. I it, are, I have no idea, but isn't the Solar Bears the Toronto yes, affiliate? the Orlando Solar Bears. There's actually three ECHL teams in Florida. The what? There's, really? Yeah, there's the Orlando Solar Bears, the... Evansville Icemen, who were supposed to play in Illinois, they were actually relocated from Muskegon back when they were in the IHL, um, and the IHL folded to become the ECHL. They got bought and moved to Illinois. I actually knew the people who owned them when before they got sold. But anyway, um, they got moved to Illinois, and then they were going to get moved to um, Kentucky. That fell through, so then this year is their first year playing in Florida. And then there's also the Florida Everblades, which have the best name of any hockey team ever. So <laughs> There's your ECHL talk for the week. Come back <laughs> next week for more hot, hot ECHL takes. Um, sorry. It's my area of expertise. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's totally fine. Everybody's got to be good at something. Um, and yours happens to be third-tier professional hockey. <laughs> Great. <laughs> that's what I want to be known for. <laughs> I hey I would like if somebody was like hey do you want to become I don't know a team manager for an ECHL team I'd be like hell yeah but it's the same as like in Canada when everybody's like oh the CFL it sucks why do we even have the CFL but if somebody came along and was like hey do you want to play in the CFL I'd be like hell yeah and I would tell all my friends and be like yo I'm a CFL player and use that shit I think the closest to you would be the Brampton Thunder the only Canadian team there's there's an ECHL Canadian or, team yeah. Uh, the Brampton what? Beast. Sorry, not the Thunder. The Thunder's Wichita. What? Yeah. Brampton's, the, Brampton's part of Toronto. Yeah, the Brampton Beast. They're part they, of Toronto. Who are they affiliated with? Oh, that I actually don't know off the top of my head. Um, oh my god, which I the Brampton Beast. We play them all the time. Um, I want to go to this now. <laughs> yes! The, the K-Wings were just there, um, like, last week. They are affiliated with the Habs. <laughs> Oh, whoa! <laughs> In Toronto, no less. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow! Wow! I wonder who's on this team. This uh, is fun. The captain is Brandon Marino. Current uh, roster. Let's see if I know any of these clowns. They're all Canadian. Andrew D'Agostini. I've heard of him. Uh. Oh my god, I've never heard of any of these guys. I actually talked to everyone's favorite um, former Leafs prospect the other night. He now plays for uh, the, the K-Wings. Can who's you that? Guess? Tyler Biggs. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Tyler Biggs, the next big thing. Yeah. Oh man, you don't even want to know... He's the so level of hype Tyler Biggs got in Toronto. I, Tyler Biggs was the next thing. Oh yeah. Tyler Biggs is horrible. His his dad is an ECHL legend though. So I mean that's right Mr. There Biggs should have been. Yeah. His his dad was um the skating body double for Patrick Swayze in the film Young Blood. If you did not know that, Aww, I know that's not even that's not that's not even the good hockey movie. Yeah, but it's awesome. <laughs> and uh, his dad played for the Cincinnati Cyclones for a long time. I think his numbers retired by the Cincinnati Cyclones. 
Um, and so, yeah, Tyler Biggs' dad is an ECHL legend. And, oh, so is Tyler Biggs. And yes, he is. He was voted last year the fan favorite player. Uh, he he is on a line that we call the Tyler Taylor Tyler line, which is create creative. <laughs> yes, it's Tyler Biggs, Taylor or Justin Taylor, and then Tyler Heinen, and they are amazing. So so yeah, he's he's really great in the AC or the ECHL. I think he could be a serviceable AHL player. Um, but sorry, Tyler he's... Biggs is still only twenty four years old. I know he's a baby. <laughs> he was taken twenty second overall in two thousand eleven, and boy did the hype train run oh, off the tracks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, he has no social media, and I, I understand why. <laughs> like Toronto fans have never gotten over that. He never made it to the Leafs. He played. In 2013-14, he played 57 games. In 14-15, he played 47 games with the Marlies. Mm-hmm. He had whopping totals of 9 points and 5 points. Yeah. Uh, and then he got sent down to the Solar Bears, I'm assuming for the playoffs. And then he went to Wilkes-Barre Scranton yeah, he was in part, the A. He was part of the um, the trade with Phil Kessel. Oh, okay. And then he played for the Wheeling Nailers, and now this season... He, well, it's not updated, but last season he was with the Kalamazoo Wings, where he had 32 points in 58 games. He's found a home. Yeah, he's really good in the, in the ECHL. And actually, he was <laughs> part of the, the trade that brought Phil Kessel to the Penguins. And then last year with the K-Wings, he played with Blake Kessel, Phil Kessel's little brother. Phil Kessel Fun has fact. a little brother? Yeah. He's not good at hockey. He plays in Europe right Oh, now. so he, he's, he's the third? He's the third Kessel sibling? He's yeah. power ranked number three? Yeah, I'm pretty. Hold on, I'm gonna double check that they're siblings and not cousins or something. But I'm pretty sure that he's the youngest sibling. I don't want to get that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> he's a defenseman. Oh, and... he's not a forward. Do you think Amanda and Phil just like beat him up all the time? Stop it. No yeah, wonder he's... he. No wonder he's not good because Amanda and Phil just broke two on ones on him in the driveway yes. all day and he ruined his life. Their, their sibling. So yeah. He's... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The youngest Kessel, I do believe. And, <laughs> yeah, he's former K-Wing, Blake Kessel. I'm texting <laughs> I'm texting my best friend right now. Do you know, did you know, <laughs> does Phil Kessel have a brother? I will report back <laughs> later. Okay. okay. Now that we've, now that we've thoroughly covered the, <laughs> the, K, the, the KHL, not even the KHL, the ECHL, um, Aaron Dell, he has his work cut out for him now. Yeah, let's back up. We'll we'll keep going with the Winnipeg game, which is where I was oh, yeah. kind of going. Winterpeg, so, don't go there. Yeah, Murderpeg. Um, so Martin Jones got injured in the last six or seven minutes of the game. They did the so, classic. They got to share the shutout. No, he he didn't. He he stayed on the ice. So oh my gosh. Oh yeah, sorry. right, 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 right. I forgot he didn't leave. He got. It was that weird play where like the puck kind of like bounced out towards the front. And then he mm-hmm. kind of like went down to get it and then never really got up and then got up and it was really weird. It didn't look anything. It was definitely one of those plays where you're like, oh, he just shredded his knee or he shredded his groin or something. Yeah, um, there was a lot of speculation initially that it was a pulled groin just because the the trainer, whose name escapes me right now, but he was, you know, testing his kind of um, side-to-side movement and he was struggling a lot and uh, he wasn't available for the media right after the game, so... Speculation just went nuts. I think I, they're you know they're just saying lower body. It's the sharks. They're not going to give you a lot of details. I think a pulled groin is probably a safe bet. That I, I think that's 
pretty likely. There was talk in our uh, Slack channel like, oh, it's pulled groin. How long do we expect to be out? Pulled groins could be like, he could have tweaked his groin and it hurts and he's going to sit out a game and be out for a week, maybe less. But there's also the pulled groin scenario where he's now pulled his groin and he's out for three months. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't really know. And like the, and especially for a goalie who's doing the splits and using his groin a lot, that's going to suck uh, if he re-injures it. So they're definitely going to be more cautious about it. He did, if I'm not mistaken, he did make the trip to Philly though, correct? Yes, I do believe so because people are talking about our roster size and that something had to change there, but I, I don't know. I think we were traveling with too many men, possibly. Yeah, because they're on a road trip, so the next three games are all on the road as well. So right. it would see if you put the pieces together, hurt his groin, went on the extended road trip, it stands to reason that his groin's not too bad and they expect him back for part of the road trip, but they may just be optimistic right now. I'm not quite sure. Or, you know, it could be an insurance thing, kind of, you know, where they want to let him see how he feels, but yeah, if he's still, like, you know, if he's like, oh, well, I probably could play, and they're like, well, we can maybe give you an extra day kind of thing if they don't, they feel like they don't need him to play. Or they might be like, actually, no, the Sharks are a tire fire all of a sudden, and you have to go in. Like, <laughs> if you're feeling like 75%, that's good enough. So... I don't know. Yeah, I hope that's not the case. But um, speaking to the injuries, um, there was a question on Twitter from some dude or lady named Finco, at Finco, who said, well, they had three questions, but we'll answer part of them. Oh, uh, yeah. Who's all in? Who who all's injured? It literally just came in one minute ago. So this is fun. Yeah, I know. Who all's injured? So Martin Martin Jones is injured. Yes. That that we know. Jonas Donskoy, our beloved Left Finnish, in the middle of the game, Finnish right? hero. He left after taking a cross check. Yeah, he left. No, he left in the middle, I believe. Was that in the middle? I thought um, it was in the third period, but yeah, I don't. I don't. Either way, he left. He left in the middle of the game at some point. We haven't heard during time on, on the that, clock. Right? He left. Uh, no, he's out with a injury. <laughs> Very specific. Uh, he took that cross check though, right? That's yeah. the thing. I think it. So yeah. hopefully it's not a shoulder because that's but, what was hurt last year was yeah. his shoulder mainly. He only has so many shoulders. <laughs> just... Yes, that is true. He left at the 11 minute mark of the second period. Oh, okay. He, there's been no, yeah, there's been no reports. Everything is like Jonas Donskoy is back. Jonas Donskoy has officially arrived. Jonas Donskoy rounding into form, and then it's sadness. Yeah. Um, he's been incredibly important to the Sharks, so we don't need to talk more about Jonas Donskoy. Because we already talked about him a yeah. lot. <laughs> Just uh, fingers but, crossed, but he's he's possibly injured. Joe Thornton has looked better, and he says he's feeling better. So I bet you he's not at a hundred percent. That I bet you he's just never going to be at a hundred percent for his career. Um, so you could call him injured. Who but else is injured? I think it'll be Paul Martin uh, is still dead. Yeah, with the schedule we have coming up next month. Well, really, just the next like two three weeks. Um, are going to be really hard. That, that's going to be the test of whether or not Joe Thornton can can make it, honestly, I think, the rest of the season. Because we've got two back-to-backs, and then, or we've got a back-to-back, and then a day off and another game. So we've got three games in four days. Then two days off, and then three games in four days. And then three days off, and then a back-to-back. 
and then two days off and a game. So it's a really tight schedule, a lot of turnaround, a lot of travel. So Joe Thornton, even if he's been feeling better the last couple games, we might see him. He will not again. be. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we're going to so, see a decline there. So yeah. Hopefully, Pete DeBoer gives him a day off or two. God, in there, I hope but, so. Um, for like actual injury purposes, you're looking at Jones, Donskoy, uh, Paul Martin still injured, Barkley Goodrow still injured. Uh, Malcolm Carlson think that came back. Malcolm Carlson came back. Thornton and Pavelski have kind of been injured all year. And I think that's pretty much it for injury wise. Yeah, that sounds yeah, that sounds right. And then I mean, obviously Vlasic was out for a little bit. He's been back and been fine so far. Scored a goal against Philadelphia. That was his first ever in Philadelphia against Philadelphia. So that's pretty classic. Cool. Yeah. Spe- speaking of goals in Philadelphia, Joe Thornton got the game winner. He was 100% not attempting to shoot that puck at net. <laughs> no. If you watch the play, Thornton gets it like. By the dot, sort of, kind of like comes in towards the net, and you're like, oh, okay, he might shoot that. And then the goalie squares up, and he's like, okay, he's definitely not going to shoot that. There's a shark who sneaks down and is at the back post, just chilling by himself, because Philly's shitty and they didn't notice. Joe Thornton sees him, and because he is one of the greatest passers ever to play hockey, he goes to pass it to him, but accidentally hits to the corner of the net, and it goes in. So Joe Thornton shoots it and then turns around and is like, oh, I scored. Because he was not trying to shoot that puck. That was a pass. And that was his first goal in Philadelphia in, like, over a decade. I don't remember exactly how many years they said on the podcast. He was with Boston. Yeah, like, yeah, it's been a long time (laughs) since he scored uh, in Philadelphia. So, So that's pretty cool. That game was, that was a good game. That just... Everything about that game felt right. <laughs> Every, everything about that was game, and Dell Dell looked really good. Yeah, and because Philly does have dangerous players and stuff like that, so the Philly's no slouch. They're not very good, but they're no slouch. So Dell is a Dell looked really good, and going forward, he's going to have to shoulder the load. And what's his face on Twitter, Mister Tosok? What a great name, at Mister Tosok. Um, he said, "Do you think Dell can hold down the fort if Joner was say out six to eight weeks?" Yeah. I say yes. <laughs> what do you say? Yeah, uh, yeah. There's the yes, absolutely. So he, if if you uh, uh, shout it to Computer Boys on this episode, um, <laughs> his five v five save percentage is like identical to Jones's this season. Yeah, five v five is where most of the NHL is played. Um, special teams take up a smaller percentage, an important percentage, but smaller. So, if at five v five he's the same as Jones, I, I like I like that now. I think he's more the caveat being. I think he's more consistent than Jones, though, is the thing. Jones averages out to the same, but I think that Dell is more consistent at five on five. Yeah, and in Jones's defense, he's been really good since the first two games this season. Yeah. Um, But I think I think that Dell running with Dell for a while and letting Martin Jones really rest up and get some rest is not the worst thing. Dell's more than capable. Um, he, he's he's going to be good. We've never seen him extended as a starter, so who knows? He may just be the perfect super sub backup. We don't know, but all signs point to him being uh, very, very capable of uh, filling in and the Sharks being fine. The Sharks aren't going to score for support for any goalie, so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to get to some of the other questions that Finn asked? We've got... Sure. What, what draft pick would Hanson fetch? Yannick Hanson. None. Our favorite Zero. boy. <laughs> Z- zero. Uh, I'm going to say... Like a, K- like a KHL draft pick? <laughs> we like, can- are we talking like KHL, Swede- SM Liga in Sweden? <laughs> yeah, I, I could see him trying to get a seventh rounder for, uh, 
Fragana Kansen and the the other GM just being like, uh, you drafted Joe Filelski in the seventh round. I'm not giving you my seventh round pick. <laughs> no <Yeah>. way. <laughs> so I don't, know. I don't think Yannick Hansen would go for just a draft pick either. I don't think a. I don't think that Doug Wilson is going to be like, well, we traded Goldobin for him, and now I'm just going to give him away for a draft pick. Uh, I think he would rather keep him because he's only makes like 2.55 million or something ridiculous like that. How long is his contract? Sorry, I was uh, too 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 long. I'll, I'll look it up for the talk. Uh, um, but I, I don't think I don't think Yannick Hansen is one of those guys that they're just going to ship off uh, for a pick. I think Yannick Hansen might be included in a bigger trade. He's definitely. Oh, I'm on the wrong site. Whoops. Yeah, um, cap friendly. Uh, you think I went to cap friendly? This is oh, the last okay. year. He's not going to get traded. Plus, he has no, a modified it, no trade clause. So. The the only time I, the only way I can see him uh, uh, get traded is if it's part of a larger deal. Yeah. Um, and he just gets like put in there, and they're like, "Hey, Yannick, you should probably go because we don't know where you are. Please tell us." Yeah, I mean, unless the the Sharks completely nosedive and they're like, maybe we could get rid of Yannick Hansen to a contender on a loan or something, you know? Then I mean, it's the last year of his contract. He's a cheap player. I, he's got a modified no trade clause. I, I just don't see him getting moved for anything, really, this year. Yeah, and let's say, hypothetically, some GM calls, I like, a fifth, a yeah. fourth, I don't know, something like that, I'm like a middle round. I don't think any... Uh, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think anybody's breaking the bank for Yannick Hansen. No. Yeah, so uh, the other question in this triplicate of questions was, who are the players who are the worst fit in the PDB system? I'm going to lead this off by saying... Yeah, Timo Meyer. Oh, poor Timo. He totally is. Timo Meyer is a player that you adapt your system to. And guess what Pete DeBoer does not do? That. Are we sure that Timo Meyer is good at shooting the puck? Wow. I'm offended that you would even say that. That man does not score. Ever. I know. I know. I, I just, like, maybe he's just not an NHL caliber shooter, but he's an NHL caliber everything else, and yeah. it's very confusing. But, yeah, definitely Timo's a bad fit. I was going to say anybody under the age of 24. Well, there's that. Um, That's not true, though. I uh, think Ryan Carpenter has been okay under Pete DeBoer's yeah, system. Actually, yeah. I think he's exceeded expectations under Pete DeBoer's system for some reason. I don't know why, but he did. Yeah, but he's in and out of the lineup, too. Yeah, um, but I worst, mean, worst fit. So Pete DeBoer's system is kind of slow, kind of predictable. Anybody fast, really? <laughs> Brent Burns this year? <laughs> like, he's really... Not, something's not working, and I, I feel like part of it is the system as far as Brent Burns goes because it's so predictable. Yeah, the system is just very predictable, so, like... That's just that's just bad. Who's the but like who is like I guess Timo Meyer is a pretty bad fit in his system just because he's that's uh, that's what stands the problem out to with me the system yeah the problem with Meyer. the system is that the line blender gets going so it's hard to figure out who's doing what right because uh, like Couture some of these guys are like proof of the of the system too like Couture is just gonna be a good player Thornton's just gonna be a good player right. Um, Joe Pavelski might be a horrible player for the system because he doesn't do anything. He just stands in the slot and tips. Right. But like nobody, they've kind of built they've kind of built the team around Pete DeBoer's system by tweaking it and stuff. Honestly, Joachim Ryan and Tim Heed might be horrible fits for his system. 
because they they like to get up in the rush and they're mobile and stuff like that and the Pete DeBoer system isn't really built for mobile D like that except for Brent Burns that's but true. Brent Burns does what he wants that's true but I, I I think this is one case where Pete I mean until this week he had been actually kind of adapting the the defense because yeah that was the only thing that was working so <laughs> he was backed into a corner into making that defense work um, with yes. his system. Yes. So I think he that's, had like a, that's like a kind of a, scale of yeah, it's not like a glaring, it's not like a glaring answer where like you could say, Michelle Terrian's coaching the Habs. Who's the worst player for the system? And it's obviously PK Subban. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like, I don't think there's any like, yeah. I don't think, yeah, like I don't think there's any super glaring. This person clearly stands out. Maybe Timo just because he's not used correctly. Yeah. More than anything. That's the Thomas Hurdle. Ooh. Interesting case. Maybe it's Hurdle just because he doesn't play center. They refuse to play him at center for any stretches. Hurdle is they our They move him around. Terrible. Oh. Oh. Maybe we can trade Yannick Hansen for Alex Galchenyuk. <laughs> and then we'll have two Galchenyuks. <laughs> yeah, we, why not? Hurdle. I'd rather have two Galchenyuks than a, Han- than a Hansen. And then they can take turns playing at center. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, he, he'll play like fourth line left wing. The only other question we got was a lot of uh, uh, John, uh, Mr. Tosok said, John Tavares, John Tavares, John Tavares. I agree with your sentiment, and I like where your head's at. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about I, that. I support, I, su- I support the John Tavares cost. Um, but he's not going anywhere because the Islanders are good. Yeah, but, I mean, free agency. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Doug Wilson has, like, millions of dollars in cap room, so I, I have a feeling he's going to blow his load on it but rather than wait. <laughs> blow his load. What are the the odds that you think Tavares pulls the Stamkos? Where he, uh, he goes to free ooh. agency and everyone's like, oh, he's totally going to sign with Detroit or something. Because that was the big one that I heard. I, I heard Detroit and Toronto for Stamkos were the big ones. But anyway, um, so yeah, it'll be Tavares is going to sign with the Sharks or whatever. And then he, one day out of free agency, is like, cool, actually, I'll tell you one the pl- Islanders. I'll tell you one place that is gearing up because they are 100% sure he's coming here, and that's Toronto. Really? Uh, yeah, he's from here. Oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. And everybody who's from Toronto or Canada in general is automatically linked to the Leafs, and Leafs fans go they go wild, rabid, with, um, with uh, frothing at the mouth over guys like Stamkos, Tavares, Subban. Well, not so much Subban. Drew Doughty. Drew Doughty's 100% a Leaf in 2019. Ugh. All these guys. If you're from Toronto, you're you're going to be a Leaf at some point just because that's the way the Leafs fans think. But um, I don't know. The Islanders have a horrible arena. Yeah. And their ownership is a joke, and they've never been good with him there. They're good now because they have they drafted Matt Parzel, um, and they've built some pieces around him. But I don't know. I, could, I think it's 50-50. I, I don't... I think Stamkos was in a better situation. Obviously, the Lightning were better around him. They have Iserman, who seems to be a good GM. The ownership is stable. John Cooper's a good coach. Tavares doesn't really have a lot of that. So him leaving wouldn't be a shock, but him being like, I'm loyal to my team. I'm a good Canadian boy. Yeah. Well, I'm staying. And I, I, obviously, the, the point of going to free agency, I think, for Stamkos was a little bit of leverage with uh, Tampa Bay. And I think Tavares has that in spades with... Uh, the Islanders, because they don't. Have, oh yeah, he's. You know, they don't have the pieces that Tampa Bay had without Stamkos. So, so I, I don't know that he'll necessarily need that extra leverage of. Well, uh, look at these twenty-four hours I'm going to spend in free agency. Um, <laughs> the one, the one way that we could be coming to a weird scenario where the Islanders are 
hurtling towards a playoff spot come February, and Tavares tells them I'm gone, and they have to trade him in the middle of a playoff run. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. That would be awesome. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be great. But um, yeah, John Tavares, come to the Sharks. We Please. need you, Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton is a, a stiff now. He's he's old. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of shitty teams, Florida. They're our next game. They are our next game. So we'll just go over kind of what we've got because we got Florida, Tampa Bay, which that always happens. You do the the two Florida teams together. That's a back to back. Then we got Sunday off, and Monday we see the Washington Capitals. And All that, on the road? Yep, that finishes our road trip. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, see, here's the thing. The state of all these teams right now. So Florida's bad. Florida also Florida's shut bad. us out. So. Well, no, that's not true. Yes, I San Jose scored twice. <laughs> Fair. And then Tampa Bay is good. Obviously, they are very good. They beat the crap out of us, but... Are, they're they're having a little bit of issues, right? They I know they lost to Pittsburgh. Um, I'm not sure what they've looked like since, but let's check. I have their schedule right here. Beautiful. Uh, uh, JT Brown just got married. He got uh, married forever ago. Did she he? Just, I don't know. I just yeah, she just got her name changed. Oh, that was a pretty great tweet. Go check it yeah, out, everybody. Because she's a uh, Canadian, so I think there was. Some... Oh, she's very Canadian. Her name is Alexandra Lafleur. Yeah, so I think there was a little bit of delay in getting her name officially changed, but they got married last summer. Oh, well, good for that. Congratulations to the Brown family. They, Tampa Bay's last, so going backwards in their schedule, loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss. Oh, yeah, see, they're not so they're, on they're the They're 2-4 and four in their last six, but right before this little stretch, they won five in a row. Yeah, so uh, Tampa could go either way. Tampa Bay could also just go super nuclear and be like Nikita Kucherov with a hat trick and Stamkos with a hat trick. Fish yourself, San Jose. See you later. So here's the thing. You said Kucherov, but my brain thought Vasilevsky for some reason. I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. Their goal is going to score a hat trick. Like, that's just, <laughs> we, we're going to go full nuclear. That's what that means. <laughs> full nuclear means something different in Canada than it means in the States. We, we, we pray. Um, they, uh, yeah, so, like, Tampa Bay could literally just light up San Jose for a million goals and nobody would blink an eye. Um, but hopefully we catch them being sad uh, and shitty. Uh, because Washington's Washington's actually not as good as they usually are. No, Washington's say that. garbage Come this at year. me, Japers Rink. They are real bad this year. Yeah, they, fight me. You're, they're not good. No, so, and they're always bad against us, too. That's the other thing, is that... Uh, Perfect. Yeah, like, the Sharks always beat the Caps. Like, that's just gonna happen. So, I don't know. I, I think Tampa Bay isn't as... Um, open and closed as it was last time we saw them. Um, and I think, uh, you know, last year we beat Tampa Bay both games, I believe. Tampa Bay was, we saw them later in the season, I think. Uh, I think we saw them I don't know, once, something like that. once early in the season, once later in the season. I think, I don't, I'm pulling this out of my ass because I don't remember for sure. And the thing is, I had to write this over the summer. Uh, I wrote it for Raw, Raw Charge. They had me, um, kind of recap the the season against the sharks and um i i just i have a hard time thinking that after last year against them that we're gonna drop both games against them this year so well they have stamkos back so you never know that's true stamkos is a real wild wild card you throw that in and it's just like he's he's also (laughs) very good at hockey well yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
I don't know. I just it's it's not going to be the easiest East Coast swing, but at the same time, they're getting these teams at a good time. Sort yeah. of. Yeah. I agree. So how many how many points how many points do you think they're going to take? Oh, of a possible six, I'm going to say. Huh. I'll say four. Oh, I was going to say four as well. <laughs> yeah, I think. If they're going to lose I think one, they beat Florida, and I think they beat Washington, and they lose the Tampa on the second night of a back-to-back. See, I think Washington is for sure. I think they either lose to Florida or Tampa Bay, but not both. Yeah, I don't I don't think that. I think that, yeah, I, I agree. I think they get four points. You think they get four <laughs> points. Last week on our predictions, um, the Sharks got seven, seven of a possible eight. Uh, I said six. You said four because you don't have any faith. Shame on you. Um <laughs> <laughs> Listen. But uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get closer this time. Uh, do we have any bold predictions for uh, these three games? Um, well, let's go over last week's bold predictions so that I can think of a bold prediction for this week. <laughs> okay, so your bold prediction last week was that there's going to be a hat trick scored against the Sharks. That did, not, did happen. not happen, and that's actually a fun thing that it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, my bold prediction was that the Sharks score six, ga- six, six, games, six goals in a game. They got close. They got. They were in range with the Vegas game was going off the rails, um, and they had four. And I thought that they could do it, but uh, they they didn't. They didn't score six. They scored three, four, four, and three. So I mean, they've been better than normal, but they they didn't quite get the six like I thought they would. Yeah, I'm still trying to think of a bold prediction. Do you have one? I don't know. I don't know how bold I want to go. <laughs> do I want to go with like a nice like bold barbecue or like a nice spicy like sriracha? Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say that Aaron Dell gets two shutouts. Two shutouts. That is a bold prediction. Um, Yeah, I think he gets two shutouts. And then we can have a goalie controversy because we, San Jose has been hankering for a goalie controversy since the Nabokov, Toskala, Kiprasov days. (laughs) Uh, I, see, I wanted to say like that. Uh, that we that we see Bebo, that we see him start, but I I don't think that the, I, I think that's too bold. I'm trying to, um, <laughs> I want I want a bold prediction for the Caps game, and I'm trying to see what. Ooh, uh, Tom Wilson does something suspension worthy and doesn't get a call. That is my bold prediction for the week. And I'm just gonna write. I'm gonna week. write my notes. <laughs> Tom Wilson goons it up. Yeah, it's not even for the week. It is literally just going to be a bold prediction for one specific game, and nice. I stand by that bold prediction. Tom Wilson. <laughs> it's it's the most likely bold prediction we've had so far. Yes, he's not injured or anything, right? I should probably check that before. I, no, he's not. Uh, so yeah. Um, he, it doesn't matter. He could be injured and still uh, still do some stuff. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah. No. I. I. That's my. I stand by that. That's. That's a bold prediction. I I only have one chance for it to happen, so like statistically, I'm kind of screwing myself here, but I don't care. <laughs> that that one chance is really high. <laughs> it, it is significantly higher. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's my bold prediction for the week. All right, awesome. Um, yeah, do we have any any fun things coming up in our future? Um, well, we're gonna maybe start doing two podcasts a week. Or at least But not two like, hardcore hardcore hockey podcasts, two different podcasts. Yes. 
and it might not be strictly twice a week. It might be every other week we throw in an extra episode. We're gonna, we're kind of winging it. We'll see what happens. But we've we've determined that as fun as we make these recap episodes, which we do, we have a good time. Uh, <laughs> I, we we have all these other ideas, and we we have you know thoughts for guests and stuff, and how do we work that in without these being three hour podcasts? So we're gonna um, have one podcast a week that is recapping and previewing and all of our fun sharks news and stuff. And then we're going to do a second podcast. Hopefully it'll be a little bit shorter and it's going to be just fun. It's going to be, you know, NHL news that we can talk about and be ridiculous about. Um, we're going to have guests. We're going to do just... We're going to have non-NHL non topics because they'll inevitably come up. Right, of course, yeah. Just, uh, you're going to get sick of our voices, but that's fine. <laughs> we're, we're Think of it as like... This is your hardcore, you need to pay attention to this, whereas the other one will be like, if you're going out for a nice jog, you could throw that on and be like, hmm, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be a fun time. Yeah. So that's what we've got coming up. We're, we're planning kind of our first fun episode. We'll see how that goes. I think it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be awesome yeah. <laughs> is the correct answer it's literally as soon as i came up with it i was like okay so we're definitely doing two podcasts a week now like that's just we have to because i came up with this single concept for one episode and it's it, that's that's enough for me <laughs> maybe we'll just make them all concept episodes yes. they all revolve around one concept yes i'm loving this concept <laughs> of concept episodes we said groin and concept a lot we did. Maybe we should have the all groin podcast. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. Just talk about various, <laughs> various the groins. The times we've used the word groin. Like, that's just, it's unacceptable. The so. pelvic muscles. Oh. Okay, I think, I think we've had enough for today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, hopefully Martin Jones comes back from his dick injury. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we were all thinking. All right, I'm right. <laughs> Uh, we can't do Aaron Dell watch this week because he's. We're gonna see a lot of it. Oh, we're gonna watch him. Yeah, Aaron Dell watches. Just, we are going to watch him. We're gonna him. watch him play in these games while Martin Jones heals his dick. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I like it. I'm for it. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at BS and Teal. You can find me at Now You See Me with C spelled S I E, like my name. You can find me at Kyle Demetrius, and you should know how to spell it by now. If you can't spell it, it is in the bio of the BS and Teal account, so just look there. I'm eating a Big Mac in Thailand in my picture. You can't miss yeah. it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Peace out. <laughs>